This is WCPO FM 1051 on your FM dial, Cincinnati, Ohio. WKRC, Cincinnati. This is the nation station. Hi again, everyone, and welcome to the Cincy Shirts Podcast. It's episode 124. Today on our show, Bobby Slattery, owner of 50 West Brewing. If you drink one of our beers and you don't like them, it doesn't mean necessarily that it's a bad beer. It, you know, it, it just means that you don't like that particular style, and I think that's the goal here. Now, also, if you like a style that's unpopular, that doesn't mean you have bad taste. You may know Bobby's dad from any number of businesses, including Slats and Blue Ash, Reach Magazine, and many more. Bobby owns and operates what can only be described as the 50 West Empire along Worcester Pike, just outside of Marymount at the corner of Newtown Road. Bobby talked to us about his first job out of college with a cell phone company, starting 50 West, the world of craft beers, the expansion of the 50 West campus, and more. If you've been liking the podcast, you can support it via PayPal or Venmo. Simply use podcast at cincyshirts.com and chip in whatever you feel is fair. Also, be sure to listen for the special promo code for 20% off near the end of the episode. And uh, now with that out of the way, let's talk to Bobby Slattery. Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. I come from C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I-Cincinnati. CincyShirts.com in Cincinnati. And I don't know what's been like for you. Well, I kind of know what's been like for you guys because we ate at your place on last Sunday, uh, the burger place uh, on 50 West. How was it? It was excellent. My wife cannot stop raving about it. We got carry out before, so we knew the food was good, but uh, we haven't really been out a lot of places since. Uh, you know, the whole thing started. And so when we got there, she was so impressed with all the, the social distancing and how clever the thing was laid out with, you know, you got a couple tables on these uh, on the tennis courts here, a couple on the volleyball courts here. She loved it. In fact, my uh, oldest daughter is visiting from Cleveland today, and the three of them are all going to have lunch there today. Oh, nice. Yeah. Right. Well, hopefully we're ready for them. Yeah. <laughs> there, <laughs> we go. there you go. Uh, yeah. So, well, so give me your background. What's 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 your story? Uh, my story was I well I work for Cincy Shirts I'm the content director but I do all kinds of different things uh, I do everything from descriptions of the t-shirts to helping out in the warehouse to producing the podcast to writing the blog posts for Cincy Shirts and our sister site Old School Shirts so I uh, I wear a lot of hats as they say that's how it works in these, that's how businesses work these days yeah I where, guess uh, you can relate where, where, where are you from I'm from Cleveland what part Mentor got it what year did you graduate Mentor High School eighty four. Oh, that's I'm 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 in the like 2000s range. I, I had some mentor kids that uh, that I went to school with over at OU. They were really good. Kids. Uh, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I reckon I'm a bit uh, a bit older than you, but um, yeah. Uh, and then of course, you know the the background for shirts. People listening probably already know most of the background, but uh, you know Josh uh, is a stand up comedian. Uh, Darren was a stand up comedian. He's also a visual artist. And uh, they met through their love of comedy. Well, Darren was waiting tables at uh, the Montgomery and Boathouse. He introduced himself to Josh because Josh was starting to get some heat. And uh, they started hanging out and golfing together. And they said, we should do a business together. And they said, well, what can we do together that we both know about? And they came up with T-shirts. And uh, yeah. the rest is history. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, Slattery's, uh, I didn't realize how big the whole empire was along with 50 West and Reach Magazine and, and all that. So... 
Uh, I guess that'd be well. First of all, let's get your bona fides out of the way. Your Cincinnati bona fides. Where did you go to high school? So there you go. There's my there's big Cincinnati question. Yep. So I uh, so I went to Indian Hill. Uh, my parents. I grew up. So my mom and dad uh, were divorced. So I lived in Milford with my mom. Okay. Uh, well, we lived in Montgomery. We lived in Montgomery for a little bit, and then we lived in Milford. My dad was always in Indian Hill, so I stayed in that school district. Uh, and yeah, I'm about as, as Cincinnati uh, kid as it gets. Lived here my whole life. Uh, left for a little bit because uh, you know I wanted to go to a big city, so I moved to Chicago because. In nine or in 2003, when I was graduating, Cincinnati just didn't have uh, what I was looking for at that point. So I left for um, from 2003 to 2000, and I think I came back 2009. Um, and that's when I made it my mission to make Cincinnati as awesome as I possibly could, uh, because you got to see these things in, in Chicago, and I traveled all over the country. Um, so, anyways, so I came back here and. Yeah, now I'm here. Yeah, that's what Josh always says. He's always like, you know, he could live anywhere. But fortunately, the way the business goes now is he doesn't have to live in Los Angeles or New York to get work. He can still be a touring stand-up comedian and live in Cincinnati and run this business he has, too, and really have a nice life and really celebrate the awesomeness of Cincinnati, which is really what Shirts is all about. Yeah, you know, it's I, I, I was... Uh, I'm a Bengals and a Reds fan through and through, and, and when I lived in Chicago, it used to kill me because I lived right next to Wrigley, and all oh. I could think about the whole time was like, how great would this be if this was the Reds instead of the Cubs? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? We were uh, yeah. we went up there to see a concert. At, uh, there's a theater a, a block down and to the left. Uh, one of my daughter's favorite bands was playing, so we hung out in the whole Wrigleyville area. And awesome. and loved it, and uh, but of course I'm not a Cubs fan. In fact, I'm not even a yeah. National League fan. I'm an Indians fan, of course. But uh, and now yeah. I'm even less of a Cubs fan naturally. But uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the whole uh, the whole empire with with Reach and 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 Fifty West and all that. How how does all that come together? Is is because Reach Magazine has been around for ages, and Slattery's has been in Blue Ash for ages. Kind of walk me through that. So, uh, you know, I am the son of a serial entrepreneur about, about as, as good an entrepreneur as you could possibly be. So that's my dad. Uh, he started, uh, with a coupon mailer called Valpac back in the early eighties. Um, and he grew that into uh, a magazine as we say, as everybody likes to joke, uh, being the entrepreneurial person that he is. Uh, he did the equivalent of owning a McDonald's and opening a Wendy's inside of it. <laughs> so he, uh, he had a Valpac coupon mailer. He wanted to, uh, he felt like a magazine would work better and you got two sides of it and you get more advertisement in. And so he opened up, uh, reach magazine in the midst of that and then was running coupon mailers. And obviously through selling coupons to all these different businesses got exposed to, um, a bunch of different businesses, which for an entrepreneur, that's, that's like, uh, you know, giving them heroin. Uh, and they, he ended up opening up a uh, pet containment company and a cruise company and a dog, uh, park and, you know, the list kind of just goes on and on. So, uh, yeah, yeah, he, he did all that. And then, uh, like I said before in 2000 and I was living in Chicago in 2000 and, um, moved there, I moved there in 2003. So I actually moved there it was sort of stupid. It was like, I had a friend that I had promised I would move with him. Um, my wife now who was my girlfriend then was moving to DC. And I told her that I would move, you know, I was going to move with her to Chicago, but then she decided she was going to move to DC. 
Um, and at the time, I told my buddy, hey, I'm moving to D.C. He said, you can't do that. You promised me you'd move to Chicago. And for whatever reason, I I followed through on my promise. So I, I moved there. I got a job traveling around the country. Um, so I was basically the guy that high-fived you at the concerts uh, in an effort to get you to listen to ringback tones from Verizon Wireless. Uh, <laughs> there so you go. I did that touring all over the country with different bands. Uh, I lived in a hotel for for a year straight, and then they uh, pulled me into their corporate offices in Chicago, and then I managed the program. Wow. Were you a big uh, music person? Yeah. Were you a big music fan to begin with? Was that, that? Kind of, Were you a big music person to begin with, or was it just uh, were you more like you know the the, the uh, that drive for sales, and this was just the the gig that would present itself? So I always tell people this: my greatest skill in life is I am probably the best greeter that <laughs> any in this city. I would go toe to toe with anybody at greeting people at a door. Uh, it's, it's, it was the God given gift that I was given. It's not much. I wish I was given like an insane ability to do math or <laughs> right. I was uh, a comedian or something. I'm just good at greeting people. So, um, no, I, I love people. I think people are, have always been my passion and, and I also love like quirky people and, and unique situations. Like that just makes me really, I get really excited about it. So I wasn't super into music. Um, with that being said, after going to concerts for pretty much five years straight, um, I got to be exposed to the coolest stuff and it, it was, it was awesome. But like for me, it was never about going to see a band that I loved. The, the things that I loved the most were actually the band, like they were the scenarios that I would have never envisioned myself in. So like I went to, um, there was a, a Korean artist named seven. Um, he was like in, in 2000 and, uh, 2005, 2006, he was, they basically took Justin Timberlake and just like recreated him in, in Korea. So anyway, so I got to see his concert in San Francisco. He came to the United States and we were doing like a, a meet and greet with him at one of the Verizon stores. And it's the closest I've ever seen to like Beatlemania. Like we're talking like terrified that 13 year old girls were going to smash through glass. Oh my gosh. Get their hands out. <laughs> and then, and then like when they were shutting, when they're shutting the door, seeing people's like literally be just like moved to tears because they weren't going to get to meet this guy. Um, I also saw another one that always pops into my mind is, I saw LL Cool J at the Fillmore in San Francisco and I've never like that was a predominantly black concert, like black female concert. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a suburban white kid and watching I was nervous for LL when he came on stage because I've never seen more women like ready to tear. Oh, yeah. My, being. my friend had a huge and, crush on him back in the day. Oh, my God. He, like like this is this is 2000 and you know, this is 2005 or 2006 probably. And watching, I mean, these women, you know what I mean? Like they were all coming back because they were into LL when, when he was at his peak and now they're coming and now he's coming back out. Oh yeah. I mean, it it was just like, I mean, the energy. And so anyways, I would say from a concert standpoint, that's what I loved the most was being able to be this suburban white kid that would have never, you know, from Cincinnati, Ohio, that would have never been standing in those situations um, to be able to sit there and and see that and be exposed to those type of things. Um, I loved it. Like I loved it so much. And like I said, I like, I like unique things. I like, I like quirky people. I like, I like being able to be outside of my comfort zone. And so that job allowed me to be outside of my comfort zone without having to just like randomly go buy a ticket to LL Cool J. You know what I mean? Like I would have never done that, uh, in my normal life, but because that was my job, it just exposed me to that and gave me an appreciation for all sorts of, all sorts of different types of, of people and settings and things along those lines. 
That's cool. Going back to the serial entrepreneur thing you were talking about, Josh and Darren, I guess, are kind of like that, even though it's within the world of t-shirts, because not only do they have Cincy shirts, we have a site called Old School Shirts, which is basically Cincy shirts for other cities. Uh, and then they st- just started one uh, earlier this year called In the Clutch. It's uh, sports-focused, and they've got licenses with uh, Major League Baseball and Major League Soccer. So, uh, yeah, that's um, uh, like, like-minded folks. It's a, it's a shame they couldn't join us today. But they see they're so busy <laughs> doing all these things. Yeah. There you go. Um, exactly. So uh, 50 West, how does 50 West come about? So, yeah, it's all kind of part of the story. So I moved back here in 2009. Um, I moved back here, so I got engaged to my wife. And, uh, and I called my dad and just said, like, hey, look, we're up in Chicago probably going to have kids in a couple of years. I know you got a, you got a few different businesses you're floating around. Um, if you need help with any of it, let me know. You know, we'd love to go come back to Cincinnati. I want my kids to grow up Reds and Bengals fans. You know, I want them, you know, I want to go to the WB and fireworks with them. I, you know, I want them to have the same experience that I had growing up because I felt like I had a pretty good life. Um, so he calls me the next day and tells me like, look, we've got this restaurant slats and blue ash. I want you to come, come down here and manage it. And I'm like, okay, I've, my my greatest experience in a restaurant at this point was I was a dishwasher when I was uh, when I was 17. I, I worked at a coffee shop and they opened up a restaurant across the street and they would have me go wash dishes there at night. So like I'm like, Dad, I don't know anything about that. And he's like, Oh, just come back here. You'll you'll figure it out. You know, whatever. So I tell my wife, who's totally crushed at this point, because she thought we were living in Chicago for at least another four to five years. Um, and so she tells me she's not moving back with me till we're married. So for like six six months, I would go. Oh, manage slats. And then at every Saturday night at 1 a.m. I would get on a bus. I would take it was the mega bus. I don't know if you know what that oh, is. Oh yeah, yeah. I buy a ticket for a dollar. Yeah, yeah. A, yeah. a bunch of comedians that are from here, uh, including Sam Evans, they, that's how they would always come back from New York City where they were living, is they would get on the mega bus in Chinatown or someplace really random and have to ride all night to Cincinnati. So yeah, yeah, the mega bus. It was great. So I would take the mega bus every at 1 a.m. I get on the mega bus Saturday night and I would uh, I would wake up in uh, in Chicago around like six or seven and then i would spend sunday and monday with my wife and then i would get back on the mega bus and it would take me right back to slats and i would i'd work the rest of the week so i did that till we got married um you know with the goal of always uh i, I you know i always wanted to do my own thing um and so i learned uh, to manage restaurants you know made every mistake you could possibly make uh along the way uh, but there were good mistakes and it was good key learning and uh and then uh, in 2012, so when I was traveling all over the country, I, I, had, I got exposed to a lot of breweries. So I traveled with this girl who was from Oxford, Michigan. So the two of us were together like the whole time. We're just living in hotels and high-fiving people for Verizon cell phones. <laughs> Anyways, she was from Oxford and she went to school at, at, uh, at Western Michigan. Uh, Home of the Broncos. So you got you, – good. <laughs> there you go. So I, I'm a Mac we guy. Back. went to Bowling Green. Awesome. Awesome. So yeah, I'm back. I'm oh, yeah. Oh, there back. you go. Yeah. 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 So, um, anyways, so she went to Western and she had good ties to, uh, Kalamazoo. And so she explained to me bells and Oberon and how this, you know, how out there, you know, when they tap Oberon, everybody comes out at midnight just to drink this beer. And then when we were traveling all over the West coast, we could see these breweries popping up. Um, and so I saw all of this exposure to breweries happening around the country. Um, and I knew how to operate restaurants and I got tied in with a couple guys that knew how to brew. Um, and so we started looking at my, my dad had bought this old building that he wasn't sure what he was going to do with it. And 
I, you know, what, that there's that famous Mark Twain quote that, you know, when I die, I want to die in Cincinnati because they're always 10 years behind everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we hear that a lot <laughs> on the show. So, so it was sort of like, okay, you know, the city needs this. We had breweries at the time, but we really didn't have brew pubs. Um, and so we just started planning this, this little brewery. Um, and so we looked into the history of the building and the building was built in 1827 and it used to be a wealthy person's home. And then at the turn of the century, it basically operated It operated as a speakeasy, um, essentially how the Goonies. It was like a bad mom and her bad sons running the place as a speakeasy. And there was this bootlegger named George Remus. And we found these pictures yes. of him in there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've talked about him on the show before. Yeah. So so we looked at it and, and Remus said his career was made getting alcohol in 50 and taking it west. And so we started looking into the road out front. And, and you know, I grew up in this area. I, I used to what, – what's now our production facility – I oddly enough, that was a swing set place. Yes, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. My my uh, my little girl was talking about that. She's like, uh, she remembered when it was uh, when it was the recreation outlet. That's what it was. So I stained swing sets in the back for Pete when I was a kid. So uh, wow, anyways, I, I I I stained swing sets there. I you know I went to school at OU, which I would take fifty. Sometimes I just get bored of taking thirty two, and I take fifty there. And then my wife went to school in Virginia, and occasionally I'd just take 50 from Athens to Virginia because I got bored of taking the 64 in the major highway. So long story short, I had no idea that road road ran all the way across the country um, until we started looking into the history of that building. And then I was like, cool. I was like, this is it. It's it's 50 West. Like, And for those of you that don't know, that road, Route 50, which we know is like Columbia Parkway here, if you go – if you head east, it will go all the way to Ocean City, Maryland. If you go west, it goes all the way to California. So it was this perfect tie of, you know, I'd lived in hotels. I'd dri- driven all over the country. You know, you had this bootlegger that put his name to it. And it almost just felt like everything was sort of meant to be. And so the goal with 50 West was like, you know, every beer was going to be a journey. Every beer we brewed was going to be named after something that had to do with this giant road trip. And, and eventually we'd, we'd one day extend our, you know, extend our network across this, this road that goes all the way across uh, America. Yeah. Well, you're, you're on your way. We noticed uh... – the other day that we went we went to park and we parked uh, next to the the, the uh, facility the uh, brew facility and my wife said you can't park here I said yeah it's a 50 west sign here she goes no it says Gardner Sales I'm like no he must have bought that too and I looked down the and the sign goes all the way down to the Marymount bus garage now so well, we're, we're yeah. working on it you know we've over time we we kind of just this thing's become a campus uh, we kind of grew out of necessity um, and it, it's neat because the campus. A lot of people with COVID, they'll, they'll walk in here and be like, oh, did you guys do this for COVID? And it's like, no, I've, I've actually been working on this for like 10 years. <laughs> it just coincidentally happened in the middle of the zombie apocalypse. Uh, and, you know, it's just it is what it is. Um, some fun trivia about. Well, first of all, it, it, my daughter just realized the name where the name 50 West came from. And she felt badly that it took her that long to figure it out. I'm like, you know what? I think I just realized a year ago because I always forget that. Like you said, we know it as Worcester Pike and and Columbia Parkway and all that, and when it's actually U.S. Route 50 all the way across America. But um, if you if since you grew up in the area, I don't know if you know on 275 uh, by where Target is now, where that interchange is, it looks like there was supposed to be a big interchange, and there's not. They just made it an exit now for the Milford Parkway. Yes. Okay. So I looked into that because I always thought that was supposed to be where I-74 was going to come through and go out the other side. And I did a blog post for it for our, our blog. And turns out that was going to be the 50, the bypass for 50 to go around Milford. 
and they couldn't do it. Wait, be- to bypass, to bypass Route 50? No, you would, where 50 would, uh, instead of going through Milford like it does now, it was going to bypass it where Target is and then go across the river and then rejoin on the other side where Terrace Park is and then would just rejoin 50 and you would go on your way. But they couldn't do it because they made uh, the Little Miami a national scenic river. And so they they couldn't complete the project. So that interchange just sat there like a ghost interchange. And uh, so, yeah, a little, little bit of 50 West history for you. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's an awesome road, I think. Uh, and from traveling around the local country, one of the coolest things about the road, if you, if for anybody out there that's that takes road trips, so like I drove highways, yeah, you know, every day, life for a year. Um, and there's a difference between driving a road like 50 and driving a road uh, like you know I 74, 71, and and the difference is is so how 50 was formed, the eastern side of it was that actually so George Washington. Like way back in the day, everybody was like stuck on all these coastal cities and they were trying to push people inland. So they started giving away land. And that, yep. that route that they were giving away land is the eastern side of 50. Um, and then the, the western side of 50 um, is, was actually like our first ever postal service. Um, and so like but, the, but this is like back in the day. It was called the Pony Express. So back in the day, the postal service wasn't just like a mailman that drove a car. These guys were like, you know, had guns and stuff and they would like, you know, they'd be fighting like – fighting off Native Americans to get these letters delivered to whatever people were moving across the country. So eventually they like connected the two and, and that's the path for 50. But if you travel a road like that, the difference between that and doing like a 71 is like on a major, you know, on a major highway, every mile, you know, you got an exit and you got a McDonald's or you got a Hampton Inn and whatever else, you know what I mean? A gas yep. station. Yeah. Yep. We tra- you travel a road like 50, you'll see nothing for a period of time. And then you'll see like nothing. And then you'll see like, some houses and then you'll see like a boatload of houses and then you'll see like a giant chicken factory <laughs> and it really it really makes you realize like how america's built because you know those houses are dependent on that chicken factory existing because that chicken factory is what employs everybody and like so like if you think about cincinnati it was just like it was a soap guy and a grocer and then like that's really like we're all sort of dependent on on how these things are built and when you go through a road like 50 you see these small towns and you also see some major cities but you realize how it's just like all kind of dependent on one another and that's that's how you know cities thrive and grow yeah i've always wanted to do that but like you know you're always pressed for time on vacation especially if you're driving so you know you kind of you're compelled to use the interstate but i think this later this summer we have a notion we're going to go up and do the lake erie uh scenic tour which is all uh you know state and uh federal highways and not freeways it goes goes all the way around the lake so we're really looking forward to that because yeah it's you when you just when you think america like you said is you know all mcdonald's and hampton inns and all this other stuff you do realize there's still unique things and we find this with, with doing old school shirts there's still things that are unique to certain cities uh that still make them special you know that they we don't like well our example of course you know our chili if people are still baffled by it and and sometimes horrified yeah. by it but we still have that and really isn't oh well there are a couple places that have it but even where other places where they have it it's still a little bit different like in detroit they're mortified we put cheese on our conies yeah. even though that's almost the same recipe it's just so strange yeah. So. So how did you? Uh, so your your first brew. What, what what did you decide was going to be your first uh, your first foray into this? Oh, I mean, the first beer we did was a Belgian pale ale, which hindsight, looking back on it, that's probably one of the least popular styles you could do. Um, you know, at first it was all about just educating people about beer when we opened. So it was like there. What our goal was, we wanted you to come in the tap room. We wanted to have a variety of beers, and we want to teach you about beer. Um, and it was awesome. People would walk through and, you know, I always remember 
like the the moms from Terrace Park coming in saying they don't drink beer, and we'd say like, well, do you drink coffee every morning? You know, do you go to Starbucks? Oh, I go to Starbucks every morning. All right, you, you get like coffee drink. Yeah, why don't you try coffee, please? And then you would watch over time. You know, these same people would be coming in and they'd be bringing their friends and they'd be saying, oh, my favorite one's coffee, please. You got to try it. It tastes like a frappuccino from Starbucks or you know what I mean? And it's just like it was fun to do that. So, you know, we started with that. You know, the staple beer that's been here the whole time since the beginning is our Coast to Coast IPA. Oh, love it. We've been brewing that. that you know, that was on that first list. I think we might have had like six or eight beers on that initial list. Um, but, yeah, it was all about just educating people on beer out of this little tap room. Um, and then, you know, obviously, uh, our, our biggest struggle there was our space was really small. It was a really old building built in the 1800s. It wasn't built to, to do mass manufacturing. And so, um, eventually we took over the space across the street, um, which operated as a beach volleyball place. Yes. Um, and that, that allowed us to scale up our manufacturing and our production. You know, our, our, we were terrified though, because that, that space sold a ton of Bud and Miller light. And we're like, wait a second, are these people <laughs> playing volleyball going to like hate us when we come in with craft beer? Uh, and that was when we really realized that, you know, craft beer is, it's more about, it's not necessarily, you know, your super beer nerds that want to just like geek out on specific styles. It's really about like friendship and people. So the people coming through the tap room, it's a group of six friends that might've gone to high school together or they work together or, you know, they have some commonality, uh, that brings them in there. And then with craft beer, they're just trying different styles and deciding what they like and what they don't like. Um, and if you looked at our volleyball leagues, it's the exact same footprint. The, nobody there is training to, to play in the Olympics. They're all just coming in. They're a group of six friends that either went to high school or played, you know, or uh, work together. And they want to go laugh at each other and, and, and play a game and, and, you know, win or lose, you know, have fun. And, and really, they're just enjoying that friendship. And so we parlayed that with the canoe and kayak livery and, and the bike shop and in our running groups that are now training people for marathons and i really think that's sort of the um if you look at what the heart of 50 west is it's really just about bringing people together um and giving them experiences for them to enjoy their friendship i mean i think that's that's really the what's at the heart so yes we make beer um but i think that that you know the beer that we're making our goal is really to accomplish uh accomplish that task and, and really, in a, and I guess, I don't know, but in an accidental or purpose way, it's really uniquely American. You have a, a burger joint, you have beer, you have this historic highway going through a historic part of town. Uh, it, you know, it's, and, and right across the river from you there is the place where the first cesarean section took place. Uh, and you know, in little historic okay. Newtown, yeah. So that's, that's that's great. Getting back to the beer thing, you were in college more recently than I was, so maybe you can you know uh, say something to this. Is uh, the thing with craft beer for me is simply that it does taste better than mass-produced, you know, big brew beer. And you know, I remember being in high school, a friend of mine in the TV production class is like, "Oh, people really don't like the taste of beer. They just pretend to like the taste of beer." I'm like, "Well, you know, it, it's okay. I don't, you know, I, if I had my druthers, I probably would rather have a Pepsi instead." But and then as I gotten older, though, I really do like the taste of beer, but I don't really like the taste of mass-produced beer. And I can, there's definitely a difference. Yeah, I mean, I think it's all it's all just depend on when you like people. It, everybody has preferences. It's just it's no different than food, right? Like it's yeah. You know, I hate, I hate onions. Uh, it doesn't mean that I hate all vegetables. Um, True. So yeah. I think that, that that's the thing with craft beer, and, and the other thing with beer is I do. You know, I told you I went to concerts all the time. I think so. This is like this is an unpopular statement, but I think beer is a lot like music, um, where people want to love you when you're in your indie in your indie stages and then once you hit the radio they want to say that everything's bad yeah right? like it's, uh, 
So, I, you know, obviously there's a big difference between craft and, and your mass produced, you know, American light lagers. But if you look at it, like there is people still have a taste for that. And I think um, our goal is to we want you to come in here and we want you to be able to enjoy a variety of styles and educate yourself and find the things you like and also identify the things you don't like. And we would always tell people that um, when they would walk through the doors, like just because you don't like a certain beer that we make, it doesn't mean that the beer's bad. It doesn't mean that you have bad taste. It's just you just don't like that. Our goal is just to figure out how to find one that, that you like that, that that fits your taste profile yeah. because I, there, it's, it's all about finding what you like. And, and just because you – we would always tell people just because you find – if you drink one of our beers and you don't like them, it doesn't mean necessarily that it's a bad beer. Uh, it, you know, it, it just means that you don't like that particular style. And I think that's the goal here. And also, if you like a style that's unpopular, that doesn't mean you have bad taste. It's just finding the things that you like. Um, and that's our goal. You know, when we started 50 West, that was really what it was all about was trying to trying to find something that you like and then educate you about the process, um, how we make it, what what goes into it. And, and uh, you know, we felt like if we could if we could deliver that promise to customers that we they could come into our place and they could find something they were like and they were going to learn something about uh, beer, then we that was that was how we were going to win. Yeah, people like their sours. And uh, I, I keep trying them, hoping I will like them. And uh, I'm not keen. I'm not keen on a dark beer either. But I, I, I guess I, I'm an IPA man now. I don't think I ever would be. But uh, like you said, it's just a matter of trying stuff. And you might find something you like better than what you're drinking now. So Yeah. 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 Um, so another thing I wanted to ask you about was, uh, I don't know if it was you or maybe it was your, your pops. Because uh, he owns the Growler over in Newtown, correct? And the dog park? Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, my uncle owns the Growler Stop. But yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it's all there's a slattery relation one way or another. Okay, we all know, we all know about everything, so I can answer. Yeah, go ahead. Well, we were sitting there at, uh, at lunch last week, and uh, and of course there's this uh, uh, there's this. My daughter used to watch Riverdale before it got stupid, and the, <laughs> the the big villainy guy in town. There's this big line she always quotes. She goes, "He's buying up the entire South Side piece by piece," and she kept saying that when we were talking about how much 50 West is expanding. But I was like, "Well, you know, they wanted to become part of Newtown. We're actually sitting in Columbia Township, and I couldn't yeah. remember why you guys wanted to become." part of Newtown. There was a good reason, but I can't remember what argument it was you guys or was your uncle or but they wanted to they put a proposal in Newtown to expand the border of Newtown across the river and onto 50 so it would encompass the 50 West campus. And what 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 was the impetus of that? You know, a lot of it had so we're we're crazy, right? Like you see what we built and yep. it took us it took us 10 years to build it. One of the coolest parts that you haven't seen yet. Um is that bike trail is literally finished today and it's now coming into our property. They still have it blocked off. They're going to open it, I think like next week. But I mean, this was like 10 years in the making to get this bike trail to be extended through. So what the benefit to going into Newtown was, is being in Columbia Township, um, we're at the mercy of Hamilton County zoning. And it's just, it's nothing against Hamilton County, but you know, that's, that's years and years of red tape on top of red tape, on top of red tape, on top of red tape. So to get stuff done, Newtown had its own had its own building department, had all these things that would have allowed us to move a lot quicker. Um, and so by by trying to annex into Newtown and connect all that, we felt like we'd be able to accomplish our dream and 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 bring the people, you know, this special idea that we had quicker. We've been able to accomplish it, you know. We've been able to accomplish it in in Columbia Township. Um, Hamilton County's been they've been good to work with, um, you know. But I, I think it took a lot longer to get to where we are. Um, just because it's, it's just a little bit more difficult trying to work, work through the, their parameters. 
Yeah, I guess, um, and uh, I've read things about this before, is that uh, Columbia Township used to encompass a lot more, but now that, like, parts of it were annexed by the city of Cincinnati years and years and years ago and uh, other communities uh, incorporated, Columbia Township is just these little specks of county yeah. property all over the eastern side of the city. And so and the, the, uh, um, the, the sheriff's department's always saying, you know, it's really difficult for us to cover it because we have to go through other jurisdictions to uh, – to, yes, to get to other parts it's, of it. It's the Bahamas of Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, really. So That's you're like what it is. So with you said the bike trail got expanded down. I was kind of noticing that because we were sitting on the one volleyball court that kind of faces the river immediately, right when you walk into the left there. And so what you're saying is you'll be able to walk across from Newtown, and then instead of going right and off into Marymount and towards Milford, there's going to be a, there's a pathway that's going to come straight up back all the way behind your property. And how far down is that going to go? Is that going to go all the way back toward Marymount or is it just come, just come to the 50 West Campus? So it goes just to the, there's a bridge abutment that they have to get through. So they would have taken it all the way through into Marymount, but there's a bridge they have to get over and that's going to cost some money. So they're, they're applying for those grants right now. So okay. for right now, they basically have it extended just short of Kroger. Um, okay. One, and, but it, it goes right into our property. It is, I mean, I looked at it yesterday. So 10 years ago, there was a, there's a woman who's fantastic in this community. Um, and she's worked so hard, you know, to do all this fundraising and make all these things happen in Marymont. And she told me, you will never see that bike trail go through. <laughs> she, she said, she said, I've been working on this forever. You'll never see it. I, I spent too much time on it. It's not going to happen. Well, that's about the worst thing you can tell to, to, an entrepreneur like that. The worst thing you can tell them is you can't you can't do something. So for 10 years, we have been begging and pleading and talking about this plan and trying to annex and do all this stuff. And so I walked on that trail yesterday and I took I mean, it just didn't even seem real. It was like, you know, the amount of time and effort to see all this stuff come true. We've been talking about this for what we're, what what's happening down at 50 West is something we've been talking about for 10 years. And, you know, when you come into meetings and you tell people about what you want to do, I think they all kind of look at you like, yeah, yeah, yeah we'll believe it when we see it. And, and, and now it's all it's all coming true. And now everybody that walks down here, their eyes get big and they go, oh, my gosh, like how this is great. And you're, you know, in your head, you're thinking like, yeah, we've been telling you that for 10 years. It was going to be great. We just, you know, just let us build this thing. Um, so that trail's now connected in the back. And it's. It's absolutely fantastic. You know, you can get, you can come to 50 West, you can get on our bike trail and you can ride. I mean, as far, it goes past Zeno, Ohio, it just keeps going. And then, you know, the even more exciting part is, is next year, they're going to get this bridge over Beachmont. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be a really safe way for you to connect into downtown. Um, cause that connects you, um, into arm leader park, which basically gets you yes. to Lunkin, which can get you down to Eastern, That's- which can get you all the way downtown, which there's nothing better than getting on a bike and riding around the red stadium than riding back. I, I just love that, you know. My, so unfortunately right now, you know, to do that, you got to get on 50. And 50 is not a, a safe road to ride a bike on. No, um, not at all. So, so anyways, it's there. It's beautiful. Um, I, the, and, 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 you know, this whole COVID thing has just been so crazy. One of, the, one of the things that came out of COVID is, you know, bike traffic is up 90%. All because – Nobody else had anywhere to go, but they couldn't shut the bike trails down. And they talked about shutting them down. And they were like, no, we got to give people a safe place to get outside and do their thing. And so now all these people that had never seen the bike trail before, you know, they all went and experienced it in COVID. And now it's going to extend. And it's just it's just this beautiful thing that's happening. And, and I couldn't be more excited about it. 
Yeah, um, Armleader Park is where uh, my wife likes to walk because it's so empty. There's hardly anybody here. So that's a, if you're worried about walking someplace where there's people, go to Armleader Park. And yeah, we mm-hmm. were looking at the plans for it. And although it's, it seems weird that it's going to take them that long, they, they show the rendering of it. And I'm like, well, just start working on it now if everything's all set to go. Uh, let's let's, they, let's get it moving. They got, they're going to be working on it. It'll start beginning of next year. They, okay. they, have, they have the bid stuff. Is it, All the money's secured. So it took them a long time to secure the money. Um, and so they got that piece done, and then uh, I believe the bids come back in end of November, and they plan construction like oh, okay. early, early 2021. So, okay, well there you go. Yeah, another thing so you can it, do. It, you know, it took 10 years. Strip. Uh, you know, they'll get it done. It just you just got to be patient. Uh, another thing you can do is where another place we like to walk is called Short Park in Newtown, and it's kind of just off 32 behind the, the main drag there yeah. in Newtown. Yeah, and so you can yeah. walk. And we've walked all the way to your place before, and so now with that that they have the extension, it'll go right into your campus. Uh, I'm going to suggest to my wife we'll park the car at Short Park, walk over, and then grab ourselves a burger and a brew, and yeah. Um, so what do you reckon you're going to do with the spot now next to uh, the the brew facility? Uh, they used to be the used car lot. Do you have any plans in the works so at all? For right now, we just need parking. I mean, I don't know where you parked when you came here. Right, but, right there uh, at the used car place. Okay, so you parked there. So good. So it fulfilled its purpose. So we have a crosswalk. There's a crosswalk going across Route 50. It's going to start in about three days. Um, they start construction on it. So that's going to connect our brew pub in there so you can park on either side of the street. Um, you got this giant campus that we're building. You know, Charlie – and Eddie Gardner, they, they grew up in that house that's there. They control all that land that's in that other spot. Um, you know, if there ever comes a time where, where they decide that they don't, you know, they want, they're, they're done with that land, we would obviously be interested in it. Uh, but for right now, you know, we kind of just, you know, it's, it, we just need parking to support this, uh, this crazy, crazy, uh, success that we're experiencing during such a difficult time yeah and then i noticed when we were walking back to the car there's a little building next to the main house the which yeah. the heritage yeah. tasting center what's that so that's awesome uh so that's karen and peter lyon uh they husband and wife karen was a teacher uh and her dream was to open up this little uh this little place that you could come in and she cook you dinner and, and you have a nice little private party and so they do private groups out of that space uh if you're ever looking to do like a a baby shower or something in the in the 20 to 30 range they got a fantastic uh fantastic little thing there she puts her heart and soul into into every meal that's cooked and then they do little you know wine and beer and bourbon tastings to pair along with it so that's that's uh they're they're in that space they've been there since 2012 and and they're fantastic people and the main house used to be a restaurant folks might remember called the heritage yep yep so we had our brew pubs operated out of that space since 2012 um, it's shut down right now with COVID. It just doesn't, you know, our mindset is, is like, look, we're not going to open up. It's a very small space. Um, we're not going to put the parameters that would have to be put into place to make sense of operating. It just aren't there right now. So um, we're going to look at renovating that space here, you know, while, while we're shut down. Um, I had an awesome person that I worked with uh, on doing the burger bar and she's going to help us kind of, uh, you know, Bring, bring bring that space back to life a little bit. The chairs are getting a little creaky. You know, paint needs to get redone, and so we're going to do that and hope to have the brew pub opened up here later this year when it gets uh, when the weather starts to turn. Yeah, it's a gorgeous building, like you said, very uh, historic. It's yeah. beautiful. Um, so the across the, the burger bar uh, kind of opened in the midst of this, or just right after the midst of this, or right around the same time. It, w- it was formerly Pizzelli, right? It was Pizzelli. Pizzelli, yeah, and it, uh, that was good pizza. It was just not selling enough of it, or what's so we just, you know what, Pizzelli was a fantastic product. Um, the issue was, as our business continued to grow, we started to eat up their parking. And 
you know, uh, Barry and, and uh, Barry Greavy and Gary Gottenbush, they were the owners of that. And, and as, uh, okay. started, as our business started to, um, started to take up their space, you know, they were like, Hey, can we get out of our lease? This, this isn't making sense anymore. And we do I've been obsessed with burger places for like a long time. Um, and I felt like it was the right time to, to do that. And so, uh, you know, they got out of the lease and, and we took it over and then, uh, and then COVID happened. And, uh, <laughs> that was, uh, that was a big challenge for us. So we had plans to open it. I don't know if you know our story for COVID, but it's pretty, uh, it's pretty, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. Like it's probably the, the highlight of my entire career. So COVID happened and our sales, we were doing about, we're doing like 30, 35,000 a week out of the brew pub. And that immediately got brought down to, uh, like $2,000 a week. And, and I couldn't operate. We had over 70 employees. So we got, we had to let pretty much everybody go. We were down to like 15 total, but you know, 10 of those were basically responsible for manufacturing beer that gets sold into Kroger and stuff like that. So our whole restaurant staff was gone. Um, and I had a full on, you know, one of those mental breaks where I just couldn't sleep. I was going like night after night with no sleep, uh, every single day, just worried about the person I was going to have to let go the next morning. And so I just, it just took its toll on me and I couldn't take it anymore. And so I had my four, I had four restaurant managers, um, that were left and they'd been scrubbing the inside of the brew cup, brew pub, but the goal was to just clean everything. So we cleaned everything. And I'm sitting there at night thinking to myself, I have to walk in tomorrow and let these people go that I just watched literally on their hands and knees for the last four weeks, just like do everything they could to make this space beautiful. And I just was like, no, I, I'm not doing it. Like I'm tired of firing people. I'm tired of the, I'm tired of COVID. I'm tired of all this. And so we, we had planned to open up this burger place, but obviously the restrictions, you can't open up a restaurant if people can't come in the door. Um, and so I just decided, I was like, you know what? I'm going to be the only person in America to open a restaurant in the middle of COVID. Like, we're just going to do this because I don't want to fire these four people and I'm tired of it. And I'm tired of, I was just, I was just at my, at my wits end. So I brought my staff in in the morning and I, I gave them the option. I said, look, here's the deal. I said, we can let and the restaurant managers are standing right there. I go, we can let these four people go. I go, and we can just give up and basically wait for the world to come back to normal. Um, I said, or we can fight and we can work seven days a week and we can, and we're going to be the only people to open up a restaurant in the middle of this zombie apocalypse. And I said, you guys be the choice. If you want to go on employment, you tell me right now. I said, if you want to work and make this happen, I'm going to, I'll give you everything I have to, to make it happen. And so, uh, we all decided we were going to open it. And so I then called all my vendors and I threatened every single one of them by threatening. I would tell them like, look, if I don't get the outside of the building painted today, somebody gets fired. If I don't get this done, somebody gets fired. And when you, when you say that to people, it's amazing how quickly they start working. Uh, especially during this pandemic, I think they could just feel it. Like everybody was just tired of people losing their jobs. And so all my restaurant equipment people and my vendors and all the people we needed to get this construction project done, they all just got it done. And so, uh, we, we opened up, I told my team, I said, look, there was a number we had to do in a week to justify, you know, being able to keep the team together. And it was a high number. Like I, I wasn't sure we'd be able to do it. And so, uh, we opened the doors and by opening the doors, we wouldn't let anybody inside open the doors, man. We put two tents on the outside of a building that was painted that looked like something was inside of it. And we opened the doors on a Monday and people just started showing up and ordering online. And we took, we stole the, we couldn't do online ordering because our system wasn't set up for it. So we actually stole the point of sale out of the growler stop. They had one for like ringing beers. 
So we stole that and like jerry-rigged an online system. And next thing we know, this thing had orders coming in at like levels we would have never imagined. Like we'd have like 60 orders due at six o'clock. And like, there's no way you can fulfill 60 orders at one, you know, one exact time. And so eventually we figured out how to do the whole thing. Um, and so as the week went on, every day got busier and busier and busier. You know, and Friday we hit this like amazing sales number. And I remember telling my team, like, look guys, that was the AFC championship game that we just played. Like, <laughs> I know we don't want to celebrate this and, and, and be, you know, and, and be exhausted and, and, and think about what happened. But like, Tomorrow's Saturday. Tomorrow's the Super Bowl. Like you celebrate the AFC Championship game, you get your ass kicked in the Super Bowl. So we prepped and we worked and we worked and we worked. And, and long, you know, very long story short, uh, when we printed the sales report at the end of that Saturday, we did that weekly number in one day on that Saturday. And so, uh, you know, I brought my whole team out to the middle and I, uh, sorry, I, I broke down crying and I told them, I said, you know, we worked so hard for this. You know, when everybody thought, you know, you couldn't do this, I can't, you know, here we did, we, we earned every bit of what just happened. And so I, I'd sent my dad at nine o'clock at night to buy champagne for everybody. Uh, and they didn't know that. And I broke, I said, Hey, look, guys, I go, when you win the Super Bowl, you celebrate. We, we, everybody in the staff got a bottle of champagne and we, we went out in that grass field that you were probably out in for yeah. uh, eating. And we all just <laughs> sprayed each other with champagne and celebrated and laughed and not. Uh, Kind of the rest is history. At, at, at that point, you know, two weeks later, the governor announced we could open up outdoors, uh, which we were actually nervous about. We're like, oh no, maybe this whole success was all just a fluke. And then, you know, since then, our sales have doubled. You know, they doubled on top of what we did before, and every week it continues to grow. And I, I just, you know, it's really just amazing. It's it's one of those things where it's like, you, you know, four three months ago, I went home to my wife and, and told her like. Uh, Hey, you remember when they said like for richer or for poorer when we got married? Like, I hope you were serious about that because <laughs> because I don't know what's gonna happen. And and you know now here we are and it's like people just keep showing up and the support's been amazing and and it's just it's just awesome. So, yeah, sorry to ramble on. Oh no no that's that's what we like and you're still smashing it. And uh, my our uh, retail operations manager is at our warehouse right now and she asked texted me a question. I said, well, I'm doing a podcast interview now, so I can. I'll uh, answer you in a little bit. And she says, tell them I love their burgers and their restaurant is my favorite place to go. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Another fan. Another yeah, fan has spoken. People um, have been awesome. Yeah, and you're still smashing it. So yeah, can't, can't, we cannot recommend it highly enough. Um, so do you have any involvement with the RJ Cinema or are they just a big customer of yours? Oh, no, that's my dad. That's my dad. Okay. Serial entrepreneurs can't uh, can't stop. Okay, because so. um, uh, full disclosure, I uh, host trivia there on Thursday nights, and yes. uh, they couldn't afford to pay me before we got things rolling again. So I got paid in beer, uh, which was oh, fantastic. And that's how I was able to try all the Fifty West stuff. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I'm hooked on uh, on Coast to Coast now. So I was just yeah. wondering about that. All right, so we got that sorted. And um, yes, yeah, so that's my dad. You know, when you open up a brewery, and and he wanted to open up a distillery, and and uh, so he. He, he's been buddies with – it's actually a good story. He's been friends with Jungle Jim since college. The two of them went to college together. Uh, and so they always wanted to work together. And Jungle had this movie theater and yeah. my dad had this distillery. And, he's, and they were like, hey, look, let's let's do this together. So you know, he opened up the cinema and, and you know, we support him fully. But yeah, it's not it's not a 50 West product, but it, it you know. We're we're all related in, sure. in, in one one sense or another. Yeah, we got to get Jungle on the uh, on the show next. Uh, oh we're god, you get... should get Jungle on the show. Call, I'll get you their contact info. He, oh Jungle, great, Jungle, Jungle's a great story. All right, cool, awesome. And I have a, a fun story to share about your dad's uh, Reach magazine. 
Um, yeah. yeah, so this is yours. I think this was during the economic downturn. It might have been even before that. I was between uh, between assignments, as they say. And uh, so I got I applied for this job with uh, this apparently with this coupon magazine, not Reach. Uh, and I go to meet this guy, and he's uh, and he seems okay, and he's it's kind of a writing position slash sales position. And I'm like, well, I can do sales. That's no problem. I can do a little bit of both. And as he starts talking, uh, this guy's nuts, and uh, he. His, he's going to put Reach out of business, was the whole thing. He's going to be a competitor for your dad. And he said, I've up and cl- I put the one in Columbus out of business, and I put the one in Cleveland out of business. And he had some okay ideas. You know, it's a thinner magazine, so it fits better with the mail. I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But as they kept talking and talking, this guy, he was crazy. And I guess, of course, as it turns out, he didn't put Reach out of business. We still have Reach magazine to this day, of course. And in this household, we have a very well-thumbed Reach magazine, I can assure you. Uh, we still use it. But yeah, this guy was just just crazy. It's just a funny story. I remember thinking, you know what? I I think that uh, that's the entrepreneurial spirit. I I, I think back of uh, my own team when we were going through all this COVID stuff, and like I'll never forget looking at my graphic designer, and, and bam, he looked at me, and I was like, "This is what we're doing." Blah blah blah. And you know, he's like, "Are you on board?" And he kind of looked at me, and he's like, he had that look, like I think you might be totally nuts, but. But he's like, I don't have any other choice but to follow you at this point. <laughs> I think that's how all entrepreneurs are. And, and sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't work out. And you're probably in that instance, it, it didn't work out. You know, it, his his crazy level probably wasn't <laughs> uh, wasn't believable enough to make it happen. But, you know, obviously, you know, he, he did something for a period of time to make well, it work. So I reckon it was probably because he, he, he did have good success in Columbus and Cleveland. I reckon he didn't factor in the fact that, you know, Reach was probably doing something that the uh, the one in Cleveland and Columbus weren't yeah. doing. And how it's just weird how yeah. little there's this little eddies and things like that that you never really, you know, understand until you get into it. But like you said, you know, learning from mistakes is, you know, the best way to learn, really, if you're successful all it's the time. Yeah. So, and it's yeah. it's scary and it's depressing at times, but uh, that's that's the way it goes. So what's happened, happening on the 50 West Campus in the immediate term? I know that, of course, the burger joint is smashing it. People can, you know, will be able to ride their bikes there soon, and that'll be a lot of fun. So you just kind of depend on what's happening with, you know, the governor loosening up the restrictions and all that? Yeah, I mean, I think we're really well set up for uh, for this COVID world. We've got incredible spacing here. We've got a lot of space. Um, you know, things we're excited to bring back, that trail coming through is just so huge. Um, we're excited to bring back our running group. So on Thursday nights, we've always done these free runs. You know, you come down and you run, you run five times with us, you get a t-shirt. Those are going to be coming back, uh, which is just awesome. We train people for marathons. So our training groups, we're waiting to get those. We'll get a little bit more guidance on those, but we're going to go back and you know, they push the pig back to October, which will be neat. You know, you get a chance to run the pig at a time you, you've never been able to run it before. Um, so we'll start training people for those volleyball leagues. Um, they're totally sold out. Those are going to start back up here. Um, pretty soon. And, you know, we're just looking at, we built up the bur- the premise of the burger bar really was about families and was about kids. Um, we felt like a lot of families wanted to come to breweries, but nobody had really tried to cater to kids. And so our, our premise with the burger bar was like create a spot that the kids enjoy as much as the adults. So when they come in, they want to get the milkshakes or the sodas. Um, Very tasty. And, yeah. So we, we just want to continue to do that. Um, you know, ideas of, of family movie nights and things like that. We floated around. Um, obviously, you've got limitations for what you're allowed to and not allowed to do. Um, and some of it's clear and some of it's unclear. Um, but I think, you know, the biggest thing that that uh, that I've really learned through this COVID thing is just, you know, you you can't wait around for the world to go back to normal. If you do that, it, the world's going to pass you by. Like, I think we fundamentally have changed 
Um, I think the world's fundamentally changed and it's, it's going to end up being for the better. Um, and you just have to look at, look for the opportunities that are out there. Um, and if you do that there, you know, you'll see success. Uh, if you wait around for the old world, uh, it, you're, I, I just, I think it's one of those times in, in America where, you know, we, we have, there's been a fundamental shift and, uh, you just, you got to shift with it. Well, I'm looking at my to-do list of all the things I have to do the rest of the day, and I was not going to go to lunch with the girls, but now I think I might, because now after talking about the burger bar, <laughs> I may have to get me a Maryland there. All right, yeah. so, so well, I'll be here. I'm not. I'm not going. Well, I'm, I got to leave at two thirty. I go. I got a meeting at two thirty, but otherwise, I am. Uh, I'm here. So if you come down, definitely stop by and say hi. Okay. Yeah. Well. Well. Uh, yeah. We're. I think they're going for eleven thirty or noon or something. But um. Well, and, uh, you probably have a full day too. Then, so we'll get to the point of the program where uh, we invite you to choose our coupon code for the week. So with this, people can save twenty percent uh, off their order at OldSchoolShirts.com or CincyShirts.com, or you can use it once at each site. How about that? And so it's just awesome. a word, word or a phrase uh, of your choosing. Uh, what do you think it's going to be? Oh God, that's a tough one. Um, I, you know, the, it, the easy part of me says sure. let's say fifty west. Right, the, exactly. Uh, that's easy. Yeah, we'll just do fifty west to keep it easy. You know, there you go. Think about Eric Davis slapping his leg and uh, <laughs> you know all, all the Cincinnati things that uh, that I grew up with. But I, we'll keep it simple for everybody. I think that is the theme. It, your your road trips as a young man, the the brewery, the the business. Now I think it make, makes the most sense. Well, terrific. Well, I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy busy schedule, man, to get this sorted. And um, yeah, maybe I'll see you in a couple hours. Actually. Awesome. Thank Great. you so much for the support and, and everybody that's out there, you know, it's, I hope yeah, there's probably a lot of good Cincinnati people out there. Uh, keep doing good things. We live in an amazing city uh, and it's only going to get better. So be nice to people and, uh, and, and good things will happen to you. Great. All right. Well said. Well, thanks, Bobby. All right. Thank right. you. Bye. We'll Bye. Bye. Life's like a road that you travel on. There's one day here and the next day gone. Sometimes you bend, sometimes you stand. Sometimes you turn your back to the wind. There's a world outside every darkened door where blues won't haunt you anymore. Where the brave are free and lovers soar. Come ride with me to the distant shore. We won't hesitate to break down the garden gate. There's not much time left today. Bobby Slattery. Well, I really like that version of Life is a Highway, and I'm not really keen on New Country. Also, my favorite montage scene from any movie where uh, Lightning McQueen is driving out to California with Mac. Anyway, how nice a guy is Bobby Slattery? Holy cow. If you go there, he's working right alongside his crew every day and looks like a college kid doing a summer job. We went there that previous Sunday before the interview, and I, he was the one that ended up uh, checking us in and seating us and everything like that. Had no idea. He looks like a kid. <laughs> but, uh, well, what a super nice guy. And, uh, boy, what a great place 50 West is. Can, cannot recommend it highly enough. Now, if there's someone you'd like to hear on the podcast or someone you'd like to have back on the podcast, we can do that, too. Drop us an email, podcast at cincyshirts.com. Put podcast guest in the subject line and then tell us who you'd like to have on the show or uh, have back on the show and why you'd like to have them on the show or uh, what we missed if we had them on the show before and uh, it was subject maybe we didn't cover. All that at podcast at cincyshirts.com. Be sure to tell your friends and loved ones about the show, including folks who may no longer live in the area but still feel connected to the tri-state. And if you haven't already, as always, go back and plunder the Cincy Shirts podcast archives, everybody from Johnny Bench to Amy Yazbeck, 123 episodes back there now, so check them all out, please. Today's show is produced by me with help from Josh and Darren. Our theme music is Cincinnati by Big Nothing. They are from Philadelphia. Find their music on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you get your music. 
find vintage tees from great places like Boston, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Louisville, Seattle, Philadelphia, and more at OldSchoolShirts.com. Lots of defunct sports teams, old restaurants, shopping malls, uh, radio stations, all kind of things like that. It's like Cincy shirts, but for those towns. And again, the promo code for this episode is... 50 West, easy enough. Uh, 50 West, by the way, all one word. All lowercase, all uppercase, doesn't matter, but it's 50 West, 50 West, and you can use that to take 20% off your entire CincyShirts.com or OldSchoolShirts.com order, or use it once at each site. Follow our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat for the latest Cincy Shirts news. Tell your friends about the show. Give us a good review wherever you get the podcast from. And as always, download or stream us next time. Bye. I said goodbye. I wish I said goodbye.